You've tuned into another episode of Radio Free HPC, the show where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and a variety of high-tech topics. I'm Dan Olds from Intersect 360 Research, joined as always by my co-hosts, Henry Newman of Seagate Government Solutions, Shaheen Khan from Orion X, and our near-millennial standout, Jesse Lanham. In association with our media partner, HPC Wire, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome again to another guaranteed scintillating episode of Radio Free HPC. I think this might be our most scintillating episode yet this year. This will come in above the 29% extra scintillation we promised for this calendar year. We've got Jesse out there in West Lafayette, Indiana. How you doing, Jesse? I am doing just fine. We finally got a heaping amount of snow last night that has stuck. How much? Uh, about two inches. I wouldn't call that heaping, and I think well, Henry would call that a heavy frost. It's heaping because we've gotten no snow that's sticked all the way through now, almost the end of January, and that's very unusual. So for it to happen all at once and then stay is a, is a positive sign. The weather's back on track. Get out there and shovel that sidewalk. Oh, I know. My mailman hates me, so I have to stay in his good graces. Yeah, or else just get some of that melt stuff. Henry probably has detailed advice on which one works and which one doesn't. Yeah, flamethrower would be more preferable, but apparently that's uh, not allowed. I have one of those. Really? You can buy those. Yeah, you attach them to a propane tank. It's not 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 as good. good. It's not a good solution because it'll freeze right up. Yes, you have to heat it up to evaporate the water. Yeah, you have to get it to bare pavement. That's a terrible idea, but conceptually I enjoy it. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And you heard the dulcet tones of Henry S. Newman, who is not in his Las Cruces survivalist compound. Henry is out on the road. Where you at, Henry? I am. Can San you disclose where you are? San Juan Capistrano. Oh, vacation. No. Or business. Business. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's all business, yeah. man. He is all business, yeah. yes. That means that there is a carrier strike force <laughs> off the coast there just to protect Henry, just in case. He is yeah, that right. valuable to our nation. Yeah, right. And probably a Delta Force team in the next room, just in case. <laughs> anyway, let's get on. We've got some breaking news that broke just hours before this recording. Uh, according to Bloomberg, Reuters, and a host of others, NVIDIA is getting ready to back off their ARM acquisition. Thoughts? This is the show where we get to say, I told you so, but to nobody because we were all in agreement. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. We came in early and often in saying that this deal wasn't going to work out. I thought I'm, there was I'm little, little chance it would work out. We, I think I put it at 80-20 against, maybe higher, because I really never thought it was going to happen. I thought there was very little chance it could happen, but you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hardballed on the not happening, not because of any experience or business acumen, but purely out of the NVIDIA seems slightly like an evil HPC corporation. And I was like, you know what? We're going <laughs> to go for it. Bad. And they'll level down on that. You did lay the wood to them, yes. Yeah, that's true. So I guess the only thing now, is it's kind of all over but the tears. 
And then what tech companies typically do is declare victory and then never speak of it again. So there has to be a way to spin this that it was a, this was a victory. Well, I mean, one of the spins is that they're going to offer an IPO, right? Arm is. Yeah. yeah. SoftBank has got to get some cash out of them. SoftBank is hurting because they bought well, into I mean, a they... stupid tech myth called WeWork. <laughs> well, Henry, you were you going know, to opine? Everybody, I was just going to say everybody needs to make a profit or else there is no business. Yeah, that's, that's some sage crap right there, Henry. <laughs> everybody needs to make profit or there is no business. I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, yeah, but the, you were the Henry saying SoftBank's school of law is a tough one. Yeah, but you Say both again, were Henry? saying the SoftBank's. You both were saying SoftBank's got to make money and go IPO. Of course they do. They spend a lot of money on a lot of things. Yeah, but SoftBank is particularly hurting. That's why Arm was up for sale as their crown jewel. But we shall see what happens. Now on to much, much, much better news for Nvidia, the new Meta machine which is AKA Facebook is a monster. It creeps this me is... out, Dan. Just that is my number one comment for the sketch of, of what we're talking about. Yeah. But as a system, this thing is admirable. Yes. As I a mean, system, th absolutely. So let, let's talk the cool parts of the system first. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, this thing is coming out of the gate with what is it? 760 DGX two nodes, each with eight GPUs, A100 GPUs, for a total of more than 6,000 A100s. Mm -hmm. Wow. According to my back of the envelope calculations, that will put it on eh, about seventh or eighth on the top 500 next time it comes out. I think it was HPC Wire that was saying that it is likely to place fourth. Yeah, it, We'll see how it goes if it runs Linpack. I ran the numbers are and they then gave it wait, about 80% efficiency. Are they going to run Linpack? Are they going to? A lot of places are not playing on the top 500. I'm not sure if they're going to run Linpack or not. They did on a previous system. So okay. it's up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. But we know that an A100 is good for about 9.7 flops. So, I don't think they will run Limpack, but I am, however, interested in the speculation of where they would land if they did. I kind of think they might, D Dan, because they're going to land not, pretty 9. good. 7, and it's 9.7 teraflops, Dan, not flops. Yeah, I'm sorry, teraflops. So you know. Abs yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Now, this is just the first phase of it. Second phase is 16,000 GPUs, which is a lot more than 6,000 GPUs. And that should put it at around 125 petaflops, which should put it in the top five pretty easily. So it's a it's a yeah. big system. Big system. It's a big box. It's a big and we've got to give. Uh, it's a big. It's a big commercial system. I think that's a good po a point that needs to be made. It's commercial. Yes, and I think that it'll be the biggest commercial system when it's fully built out. Right now, NVIDIA's Selene beats it, but when it fully rolls out, it should be hands down the biggest commercial system. What about Tesla? What about Tesla? Well, I know they have uh, a system that's devoted to, to AI training and they use a proprietary chip for it, but there was some speculation that 
when they launch, it's not quite launched yet. It's, I think it's called Dojo or something like that. But when it's launched, it could compete with, with the system. I don't think it's that big and they should release more specs and then we will talk about it. True. Yeah. I just, well, I don't we'll, know much we'll about it. it off of Elon's Twitter when he announces it randomly. Well, and that's the point I was making is they have to run the Limpack to really know what it, they've got. Yeah. Uh, we so also want to throw a shout out to our pals over. Yeah. We want to throw a shout out to our pals over at Penguin who are putting this system together. Great job. They were also the incumbent. They put together the last AI system, big system for Meta, Facebook back then. So good job, Penguin. Yeah, that's impressive. That's a big system that's, you know, that's a big system to integrate. And I believe if my figuring is right, and I'm just kind of pulling this out of memory, that Penguin has more systems on the top 500 than IBM has. And this vaults them into the top 10 responses. Wow. Say something, people. I'm I'm going to talk about how the system is creepy. Well, what it's going to do is going to make some people's skin crawl. Yes. Absolutely. My skin's already crawling just reading and talking about it. Which, for people that are like me and you want to understand a little bit more about how they're using your data, they said that this, this cluster, which they're calling the AI Research Super Cluster, is going to be air-grapped and have your data encrypted and anonymized. But at the same time, the fact that they're taking all of you know your Instagram, Facebook, whatever data, and running it through neural nets is freaky. We, we knew they were doing it, but at this large of a scale is, yeah, it makes my skin crawl. Well, and the other thing, I, I think that this is NVIDIA, or this is Meta, doubling and then quadrupling down on the their whole metaverse thing, which in my mind is an kind of a solution looking for a killer application. True. Yeah. And I'm, I understand why they would roll it out and enable to, to really push for the metaverse thing. I'm not a huge fan of metaverse, the concept of metaverse, but I do understand why they rolled it out to support that effort. I mean, metaverse is what gamers typically live in. And that's cool. I can see that that's a good application for it, but for anything else, I don't see the killer app. We have video conferencing. We have, you know, screen sharing. We have everything that you'd need to be able to interact with other humans. And there's no reason to, you know, build avatars to do it. Yeah, I think that's the argument is like we can take it one step forward and we can have, you know, augmented and fully virtualized reality, which I feel like we've all seen enough sci-fi films to know that like a very parallel virtual world to our real reality is going to have some severe pitfalls, but that's always ends badly. Right. Yeah. That, that always seems like that's the, the protagonist of the show is attempting to stop that from happening or to remedy some large glitch in that occurrence. So we'll, we'll it's very matrix, very matrix like. Yeah. It's exactly, it reminds me of the matrix. Yeah. There's other movies. Or or like ready, ready player one. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Willis has made a couple of these. There's a bunch of movies like that. Henry, you haven't seen a movie in the theater since the second Star Wars movie. How would you know? Actually, I, in the theaters is correct. I did recently see a movie, Dan, and it, it brought back a memory that I, I forgot to mention to you and Jess. I saw it about two weeks ago. Have you seen Don't Look Up? Yes, I've not seen I lo- that yet. I love that movie. All right. And I've Jesse, heard good things. They talk- 
they talked about the Subaru telescope. Did you hear, remember that? And it was found yes, on the I Subaru telescope. Did. Yours truly really? worked on the first ground station Subaru telescope from 97 to 2000. Really? No, I just make it up, Dan, as I go along. <laughs> yep, I, I spent, a, spent a lot of time in Hilo, Hawaii, Dan. Very nice. That's pretty neat. Well, speaking of stuff that you just make up, let's go ahead and have Henry Newman's reason why nobody should ever be online ever this week. What do you got, Henry? Well, Dan, it's hard to it's hard to imagine, but it's truly hard to imagine. But now the criminals are hacking the criminals, probably because like they can. That. Yeah, it is. But, or they've got nothing better to do. But, you know, it's kind of a dog-eat-dog -dog world. I, I read this on Krebs earlier this week where crime shops are selling hacked logins from other crime shops. <laughs> that so, is interesting. And you know, I love that. And, you know, I think it's also maybe emblematic of the dumb criminals becoming the lowest hanging fruit for these guys. Yeah, Dan, I th you made that point in the pre-call, and I thought it was spot on that, you know, if it's easy to hack your dumb criminals, why isn't law enforcement hacking them, though? That is a they good point. They can't pay and offer their talent enough incentive. That's a good point, too. I like the idea of, and I would actually invest money in, a white hat hacking organization that's going to rip off these low-end criminals for profit and fun. <laughs> or, Dan's going to start a, a white hat social engineering enterprise and a pen, te pen testing company. It's going to be great. But Dan, they could do. They could get get a percentage of the of what they hack from the bad guys, and it could be a, a profit making organization. And I think that's, that's what I'm talking the, about. I would I go feel fund like that. This already exists. I just don't know the name of it. Okay. I don't know. It's kind of along my idea of last time I was in South Africa at the game preserve where we had the, the uh, cluster competition there, there were a couple of, uh, of animals that were slaughtered for their ivory, notably rhinos. My idea, and I try to get traction with it, is if, some, if science could perfectly replicate rhino horn powder, and then we would flood the black market with it, making money, destroying their margins at the same time, and doing some good work for the rhinos. That's a good idea, Dan. Let me material science. We should get some people on that. That is a good idea. If you know someone, I think that would, in fact, I know it would work. In fact, they pay something like, I heard when I was there, $125,000 to the guys that go out and kill the rhinos and bring back the ivory. That's a big number. And because you know that that profit has to jump up five, six X when it gets to the final market in China or Japan or Korea or whoever else is buying this stuff. We could come in with synthetic stuff and make boatloads of money, put the smugglers out of business as we destroy their margins, put the poachers yeah. out of business. Until somebody comes so you never know what you're going to get on this way, way of, of do blockchain way of do managing the origin of your rhino powder. Good luck. We can fake that too. Because I would, ivory. I'm going to bet, 
I'm going to bet I could get the cooperation of the government of South Africa and the U.S. and maybe even the CIA to watch our backs on this. Yeah. You just have to, yeah, hire Sorry, some Dan. of the bounty hunters that are already doing after that. Right? Anyway. There you go. So good catch, Henry, or good uh, reason why we should never be online. And let's talk catch of the week. Jesse, I don't think you have anything, which is greatly disappointing. No, to be to be totally honest, listeners, I forgot we were recording today until about 10 minutes prior when my email alarm went off. I was busy trying to figure out why I had an MPI error that has been haunting me for a full week now. And did you figure it out? Distracted. No, I did not. Thank you for bringing it up, Dan. So stay tuned in the uh, SPAC and HBC CISPRO slacks as you hear my sadness in the coming week. There will be questions from Jesse coming up. <laughs> coming up. Watch those inboxes. So, Henry, what do you got? I've got a standard I've been looking at, a new ISO standard, that I think has some great implications for HPC. It's not widely known about, as far as I can tell now, at this point. It's called ISO IEC 23681-2019, and it says self-contained information retention format. And it's a way of managing a container that contains your archive data, say a PDF that you need to keep for the life of the patient or a JPEG. And we know that the what's in the container is going to have to change over 50, 70, 100 years, and we're going to have to update it. Like yeah, I got, a, I got a feeling that Word documents won't be the same format 100 years from now. That's a if good Word point. Still yeah, if Word still exists. But... I know PDF, as far as I know, is is only guaranteed for 25 years. So if you did a PDF back in the 90s, the new PDF readers are not guaranteed to be able to read it and needs to be converted forward. So I think this has some implications. There are people are building containers where you have a chain of custody for the data. You have a way of interfacing with it. You have a checksum you can validate all through an API. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to do a is, whole show on archiving and talk about how this would work in an archive world, Dan. Well, let's put that under advisement. Let's put it before the steering committee and let them have some meetings on it and see if rubber stamp it for us. We're run and by we'll committee do it. here at Radio Free. Casey, we are. We have, a, we have a steering committee yes. and layers of bureaucracy that you folks have no idea about. Subcommittees for our subcommittees. The three of us are just at the very bottom of that totem pole. Puppets, it's if you will. Puppets at best, actually. Now, <laughs> I have a catch of the week, and it's about our very own Henry S. Newman, who marked an occasion in the last couple of weeks where he has spent more than 3,600 nights just in Marriott hotels. That's 10 years worth of overnight stays in just one hotel chain. Henry, this is absolutely that's quite insane. the room. It is incredible. How long has your career spanned, Henry, your career business travel? Probably 84, 84, 85, somewhere around there. I started traveling. So you're coming up on 30 years. Correct. 40 years. 84, Dan. Oh, 84. Okay. Okay. And you've also spent what you said 500 nights in holiday inns plus countless other single one-offs 
Yeah, some. But Dan, it's not about the hotel stays. It's what you learn by traveling. You and I talked about this. I agree. Yeah. We did. So the exposure that, you know, for good or bad, that I've had to all kinds of various applications and application domains and different sites and different ways of doing things has been a valuable to how I think I've, you know, grown up thinking about problems and I wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing of what, what I've done. I just think it's incredible that you, you spent that amount of time on the road and that or Marriott or something. Well, Marriott yeah. should be writing an article about him. Yeah. True point. But it would be, boy, you do the math on this. So we're talking round numbers, 4,000 nights on the road, and you probably interface on each of those trips, each day of those trips with five to 10 people. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot of contacts. That's a lot of FaceTime. Wow. A lot of conversations about technology and different people's points of views and different ways of thinking about problems. That is incredible. Good job, I guess. So proud of you, Henry, for this but, odd achievement, but a cool one nonetheless. Yes. Yeah, it's another now, way. It's a, it's a sixth of my life. <laughs> it's a what, Henry? Ten years is about a sixth of my life in Mar- in hotels, Marriott's. Yeah. <laughs> that is something. The more something. we rephrase the statistic, the odder it is. Yes. <laughs> but let's go on to the final part of our show where we announce our award winners. Drum roll, please. And there you go. Status a true game. drum roll. We've run this contest for the last too long in order to get a 19th, a 23rd, and a 29th email in order to win what are our most fabulous prize bundles ever. Are you ready to hear who won? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to start with the third prize. The third prize will cons- will consist of a whole backpack full of my lanyards from former conferences, which I'm showing to the camera right now for Jesse and Henry to see. You see that? That's just wow. some of them. Yeah. I've been saving these for years for some reason. Now I know it's to give to our good pal, Benjamin Carr. Tell us a little bit about Benjamin, please, Jesse. Okay. So Ben Carr, who is probably one of our more frequent radio free fan emailers, is an HPC engineer at AstraZeneca, which is a timely place to work nowadays. And I have to say his favorite email that he's ever sent us was, it just said Dan with the A stretched out (laughs) over multiple lines. That had a permanent, (laughs) permanent place in my mind. He's been vying for awards for years now, and he hasn't won until now. And he's going to get the big bag of lanyards. But you know what? I feel kind of bad about that. I'm going to sweeten it up a little bit. I'm going to include a legacy Cray Polo shirt with that and maybe a few other goodies. So it's not going to be the horrible award that it was supposed to be. Sue. Dan, a Cray Research research shirt? Yes, a Cray Computing shirt. They sent us some of that stuff just uh, after Cray, yeah, Cray Computer. The the instance of Cray before it was purchased by HPE. 
Okay, not Cray Research shirt. No, I've got a couple of those, but those are locked away in my trophy case from when I was a part of Cray Research for a cup of coffee. So let's move on to our second prize winner. This winner, this prize bundle includes a signature, a signature Henry Newman salt-based bug zapper. And let me just read off some of the specs on this bad boy. It's brand new in the box. It uses ordinary table salt. It has a magazine that'll take 80 shots that will make 80 shots of salt before reloading. It's got a safety on it, which is good. Deadly accurate Patridge sight, according to the box, no batteries and a pop-up sight indicator. Henry, you qualified as expert marksman with this. This is a 3.0 version. Anything you want to tell our winner about it? If you have flies, they'll be dead. Very nice. Ringing endorsement. Ringing endorsement. Jesse and I have seen Henry in action with this. It's reminiscent of Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2. He's quite <laughs> handy with it. And our winner of this is Stephen Steve Medeiros. Can you tell us a little bit about Steve? I think I pronounced his last name incorrectly. Yes. Yeah, so write but, us in if we pronounced your name wrong and correct us on how to do that. So Steve is a professor in civil engineering at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, which, if you have not heard of it, is in Orlando, Florida. So I feel like this is a perfect gift for him down in Florida. Yes. That is a target-rich environment, eh, Henry? It is target-rich in Florida. Yep, very much so. And we're going to demand to see some pictures of some bug carcasses just to prove that you're using it and that it works. So that is our second prize. I'll probably throw something else in there too. But now, at this point, Let's go on to the first prize winner. Let me tell you what they're going to win. This first prize winner is going to win a brand new, in-the-box, Microsoft Surface To Go tablet, which I'm holding up to the camera right now. I think it turned itself off. You can see this. This includes everything. It includes the keyboard. It includes the tablet itself. It has a great 10-inch touchscreen that is very high quality. It's got a stylus. This is a nice little machine. 8 gigabytes of RAM, 128 gig SSD. Very nice machine. Long battery life. It's good for about anything you want to do, unless you're trying to render video or something. So the winner of this is... Trevor Keller. Tell us a little bit about Trevor, Jesse. Right. So Trevor is a research scientist over at NIST, and they focus on materials engineering and HPC. So my thoughts here is that rhino powder could potentially have its origins with this tablet and Trevor, because we got some materials engineering here. I think you're going to need a little more horsepower, a little more horsepower than the surface. We're going to need some bio folks in on that. Uh, we, can, we can pull some bio folks. I believe. I think we it's, can. I think we can too. And I think that 
I could probably f- get this funded through governments oh, yeah. I mean, or GoFundMe. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think we could get some undercover funding on this to get us started up, buy us some systems or some cloud time, get a lab rolling. And uh, I am committed to this idea. I will make that work. Anyway, well, congratulations, Trevor. Congratulations, Steve. And Ben, a special congratulations goes out to you. You did it, pal. You got your email in and you finally won a contest. Great job. Great job. (laughs) Round of applause for everybody. So it's been quite a show. Good news for NVIDIA, bad news for NVIDIA. We found out why we should never be online. We had some catches of the week. We found out what a true road warrior Henry is. And we gave away a whole passel of prizes. And the the retail value of all these prizes is approaching $600, which I believe is a record for a podcast. It's a record for this podcast, at least. Maybe $700. Depends on how you value my lanyards. Anyway, they are. I mean, they represent a lot of travel for me, too. So with that, let's go ahead and call it an episode of Radio Free HPC. Thank you out there for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you 16, maybe 19 out there. And keep listening. Stay safe. And we will come back at you again soon with another episode of Radio Free HPC. Bye-bye. Yay! Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. Reach out to us on email at podcast at Radio Free HPC or via Twitter at Radio Free HPC. As a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thanks again for listening.